What's up? I'm Amanda Costco, and you're listening to the Electric Runway Podcast, a podcast exploring the intersection of fashion and technology. Welcome back to the show. In last week's episode, we spoke with a Dutch designer who's rethinking the way women purchase bras. Ari van Twilvert leverages the latest in 3D scanning and 3D printing to craft custom bras that are made to fit her clients. Today on the show, we're continuing the conversation of ensuring the right fit for customer satisfaction, but now we're exploring the role that artificial intelligence, that's AI, can play, and this will be a conversation we'll continue over the next few episodes. So according to a recent report on the state of artificial intelligence put out by the MIT Technology Review, out of 1,500 senior executives in the U.S., about three-quarters of them say AI is transforming their companies in the next three years. And 92% of them said the technology was important or very important to their internal business processes. My guest today is the founder of Dress Life, a startup aiming to change the way we shop using AI. Dress Life connects consumers to products they love and ones that fit just right by building individualized customer profiles that learn more about you as you shop. Their vision is a future with fewer returns and a personalized way to discover and shop online. Here to tell us more is Julian Hensel, the founder of Dress Life. So Julian, welcome to the show. Hi Amanda, thank you for having us. It's a pleasure to be on your show today. Okay, so what is Dress Life, for those who don't know? Okay, so Dress Life, what we try to do is we try to make fashion shopping as easy as having a personal stylist. That means we find the clothing for customers that they like, once based on their personality and second based on fit. So in the end, the shopping process gets way more convenient and much faster. But it also helps to reduce the massive amount of waste resulting from returns. Because for those who don't know it and are not from the segments, in fashion you have about 6 to 16 times higher returns than in any other e-commerce segment. And obviously that produces a lot of problems in, in terms of ecological issues, but also in terms of money, obviously. And so we are trying to solve both issues, once for the customer and also for the for the fashion retailers and I don't know whether you've tried our app that's the most obvious feature that we offer you can download the dress lab app on both on Android and on iOS and obviously what we try to do there is what I just said so find clothing the customers love and that fit your body and personality and our core value or core technology is actually not the app it's an AI that is agnostic on the channel but it's a technology that integrates human feedback in, in contrast to a lot of other technologies and thereby allows to enable one-to-one personalization for fashion with an exceptional accuracy. And by one-to-one personalization, we mean finding the clothing for the right customer at the right time so you immediately see what you like and you don't waste hours browsing through irrelevant stuff. Great. And I want to get into the AI component in a moment, but for those who have never downloaded the app before, let's walk users through the experience. So you download the app and then what happens? Okay. So what happens is when you start, we explain quickly what we do, but we try to onboard the customer in a very playful manner and deliver the experience as easy as possible. But in order to 
personalized fashion, you obviously have to tell us a little bit in advance because we don't know you in the beginning and you have kind of this cold start problem. So what happens is you have a small quiz in the beginning which takes about a minute. So you answer whether you're more interested in what kind of clothing, what are your favorite brands, you dislike and like a few items like on Tinder. And after a few minutes, we get your personality and your fit to a certain degree and can already understand you a little bit better. We also separated the customer in how well we understand the customer in a few levels. So we start with a fashion novice and the more, more data we have about you and the better or the more feedback you give and the more you shop, the better we understand you. And so we have a few levels. Further you shop with us, it goes onto the fashion icon and that correlates with how well we understand you. And so once you have done through all that process, we have one key feature, which is a recommendation score, where one means bad and 10 great. And that correlates with the probability by which you're going to like and keep a piece of clothing. So that means you see a t-shirt with a value of 10. That means it's a perfect fit for you based on style, personality, price, and not just the price itself, but also whether you are more interested in the new stuff, which has a higher price, or whether you're more interested in discounts. And so what this key feature does is allows you to browse through all the clutter and doesn't display you 20,000 items, but maybe only the 200 or prioritizes that in, in which you are really interested. And if you bought and kept them, they would fit perfectly to your body, your price preferences and to your style. Yeah, it's interesting. There's so many different things that you touched on there. So there's this gamification aspect of it where you're trying as a user to get to the next level in the app. And then there's also this AI recommendation feature that is saying, you know, if you like this, then you're also going to like this. And it's actually getting really specific with that number that you mentioned. So just like on Netflix, how things are suggested to you based on other things that you've liked and watched. You're going to get clothing recommendations based on that. It's very interesting and it's a very kind of sophisticated process when you go through it. But I have to ask, you know, why another fashion app? What problem do you feel you're addressing that's not being solved right now? And of course, this is a landscape where there are lots of fashion apps out there. So really, what makes Dress Life unique? Yes. So first, I don't think we are an app. So Dress Life is not an app. We have one app because it is the most obvious way in which customers like to shop clothing right now. So we actually evaluated also a lot of other ways, but the, that was the reason why we did an app. The reason why we did Dress Life, I think that's for us was a more important question. And the underlying points for that was when you shop clothing online today, the returns are still six to 16 times higher in e-commerce fashion than in any other segment. And you are absolutely right that those problems are tackled by a bunch of startups but no one was able to solve those issues today. For, for me, from a business perspective and from an ecological point of view, the starting point, but also from a personal story, um, I, I like to dress well, but I found that the shopping process horribly time consuming because you have so many choices in order to come to a decision effectively. If you go to Amazon and look for jeans, you will see, I don't know how many thousands of items. You will never know which size of which jeans is going to fit you. And basically what we wanted to do is we wanted to develop a technology or an artificial intelligence that does the work for the customer. So it's not about the app on the forefront. It's more about how do we enable customers to shop in a way that is way more convenient and find clothing a lot faster and that fits. Excellent. And so how many users are currently trying it? 
All right. So what we did, um, we actually were live. We did our go-to-market with a very small retailer in, the, in Australia in September 17. But then we realized that the fashion retailers, it takes a lot of time to adopt technologies. And so what we did is we pivoted B2C and said, okay, we launch our technology B2C first. And we iterated a long time with 50 to 100 loving users. So really utilize our app a lot. And we didn't try to scale it because that allows us to utilize personal feedback because we really speak with that community. We did that basically until now where we have the confidence that we can scale the product because the customers or that the satisfaction is so high that we can scale the app. And that is what we're doing right now. And our plan is to scale from those 100 loving users who are using it all the time to about 5,000 active users until end of January. Great. So it's just really the process of pleasing those initial users, making sure that it works absolutely well for them, and then going into kind of stealth mode. Yes, because it's not about keeping it secret, but it's, it's impossible to take feedback from 5,000 people into account. What we did is we said it's more important to get a more detailed feedback from 100 people rather than having 5,000 people complaining <laughs> to us and we, ca we can't respond to them anymore, right? Right. And so let's talk about the AI component in it. Can you tell us a little bit more about the algorithms that you're using? Um, what type of AI is it and how is it uh, making my life easier as a shopper? Okay. So I, I, would, I would rephrase it. I think it's rather the app is more a component of the AI <laughs> because our app is actually in terms of code and how much we work on is a much, much smaller part. So because when, when we started, we realized that fashion has two very unique problems that make personalization way harder than in any segment. And I think that that's the core why we started Dress Life. Because on the one hand, you have much shorter product life cycles. If you look at a PlayStation or any other product, it's usually in the market for five years plus. And so it's way easier to predict than if you look, for instance, all 12-year-old kids are Googling for a PlayStation in advance of Christmas, that it's probably also interesting for the other 12-year-olds. But a t-shirt, for instance, comes out every two to six weeks in a different pattern, in unique color, different prints, and so on. And so you have a lot of parameters that correlate with the probability by which a customer is going to like a piece of clothing compared to a PlayStation where you only have one product and that's the same all the time. And the second issue is whether you like a PlayStation does obviously not depend on the human body, which is also true for almost any other e-commerce segment, but fashion. So in the end, even though you have a lot of data in fashion, you only have a few data points per piece of clothing because it comes up all the time new and in so many variants. And that's called an AI data sparsity. And it's a huge problem for the fashion segment. And that is why we believe nobody has been able to, to solve those issues so far. And so what we did when we started, we looked at equally challenging segments like traffic and intelligence because they have even shorter product life cycles. If you look at traffic, I mean, it changes every two minutes. We realized that Waze, for instance, was able to outcompete Google Maps, not by having more data, but better data. Palantir did the same thing for intelligence, and they, they solved those data sparsity problems by integrating human feedback into an AI. For instance, in traffic, if you say to Waze, hey, here's a traffic jam, they don't need 500 data points to figure that out, that there is a traffic jam, but they only need the feedback from one person. And thereby you can learn up to 500 times faster. And we utilize the same principle for fashion. So for instance, if a customer says, hey, this t-shirt has two long arms and it has 30 inch arm lengths, the AI immediately knows for her and for everybody who is like her, 
that they're probably going to look for shirts with less than 30 inch arm lengths. And that allows us to learn so fast that the results enable one-to-one -one personalization despite those two complexities of the shorter product life cycles and the additional complexity of the human body. Yeah, and so that complexity of the human body is something I'm really interested in. One of the features of Dress Life is this fit profile. So how do you actually capture a customer's fit without you know, meeting them in person and measuring them? Okay, so we, we have two issues that we always say, right? It's personality and fit or style and fit. And actually, we don't distinguish between style and fit because on a technical level, it's almost impossible to separate between those two components. For instance, some people believe loose fits them well, while others prefer skinny jeans, right? So every person is very individual in terms of those things. And it's not just size or the cut. It could be a thousand things. Sometimes it's the color, whether you believe it fits, or the elasticity or the material and so on. And so what we do is we have three layers across which we learn in order to figure out the probability by which a customer is going to like and keep a piece of clothing. The first layer is basically everything that is related to the purchase behavior and purchase history. So we look at the clothing measurements of items that you kept and that you returned, or at least at a representative set of clothing measurements. We look at physical parameters like elasticity, density, and so on. We look at metadata, the price, the description, and so the more you shop, the more you look at, the more you click on, the more you keep and the more return, the better we understand you. The second layer is a fashion profile. So you can share data about yourself, obvious things like height, weight, gender, fit issues. Usually every customer has one, for instance, I have two long arms and you say I have longer arms or a wider neck or a thinner neck. And the third layer is this human feedback. So you can like and dislike items. But you can also tell us why you disliked an item before and after the purchase. So when you see an item and say, I don't like the color or I don't like the pattern, our AI is able to personalize what you are going to like much faster. And after you've bought it, you could tell, like I said before, the arms were too long. And that way we immediately know for you and for everybody who is like you, what you are probably going to be interested in. So there's a kind of feedback process to it as well, whereby every person that provides feedback is making the algorithm smarter. Exactly. And so we don't actually need feedback from everybody, but it's sufficient to have feedback from a representative target group. Because if you want to know who's going to win the election, you don't need to call everybody in the United States, but only 5,000 people, for instance. And we utilize the same process. So when we get a customer feedback who bought similar items like you and told us, hey, I don't like this pattern, it's very likely that you're also not interested in that pattern. And thereby the algorithm gets smarter for all those customers in that group. Right. And so one of the components of Dress Life is creating your kind of personal style profile. So there's the fit aspect, but then there's also, you know, these are the types of clothing that I like. And I worry because personal style is something that can change and it's something that can happen upon, you know, discovery or chance. Do you worry that you're kind of pigeonholing people by creating a profile for them saying, okay, their style is preppy. I'm only going to show them preppy. And then all of a sudden they're not able to explore any other styles. Yeah, it's a very good question. Obviously that is a massive issue in fashion, but not just whether your style changes, but also fashion style changes all the time. So you have it on both ends, right? The customer changes and the clothing changes. And there are a bunch of ways 
to bring both sides together. It's highly technical, but for instance, one parameter that we try to identify is volatility of how you purchase clothing. I mean, there are customers who only buy formal jeans of Hugo Boss, for instance, or of one specific brand, any other brand could be. And so maybe this customer really wants for the entire life only that specific brand and this specific cut could be. But what we try to do is first to get a specific scope. So are you shifting between formal and informal? What are your most favorite colors? And to define a certain scope that is going to be in your comfort zone. And usually people believe they have a very unique style, but usually they behave like 90% in similar patterns. So while some people are very easy, they are also patterns for very complex people. Then we detect, okay, this customer group is changing the style in a certain pattern. And then it's very likely that the other people in that group are also going to change in that way. So we're trying to predict that. But on the other hand, obviously, there are also people who change their style differently from that group, become basically or get a different personality. It sounds a little bit weird, but from a, from a fashion point of view, they have a different fashion personality from our algorithm's point of view. And what we do is, in order to detect that, when, whether you change your style, we also always show a certain amount of products that are, that are out of your comfort zone. So when we detect that you behave suddenly very different compared to the remaining of your similar group, we try to put you in a, in a more accurate group as quickly as possible again. So we try to identify that all the time, how your style is changing and what of changing fashion is going to fit best to your personality. But also, so that, that's the one part, part that happens automatically, but you can also tell us directly what you like. For instance, you can buy the feedback and say, hey, this is too formal. Then obviously our AI knows that we are probably looking for, for more informal stuff right now. And second, you can also change your fashion profile. So you can, can actually say, hey, I'm looking for more for these kinds of things, or my body changed in a certain way, I weigh more, or I lost weight, and I, I'm looking more for clothing for going out or for, for work. And so we take all of those things into account and thereby the AI adapts to your preferences all the time. Yeah, it's good to know that there's that flexibility in there because I know that there's certain people who maybe dress really conservatively for work, but then when they go out on the weekends, it's a whole different story. So how do you accommodate that user, that sort of irregular? So thanks for explaining that. Now, I want to talk about the kind of business-to-business -business aspect of dress life. What's your business model and how do you intend to make money? Okay, I mean, the, the most obvious product you see is the app, but actually our business model is a B2B SaaS model. What we are doing right now is trying to prepare two fashion retailers, integrating with them in the US and Europe. We charge a fee, a monthly SaaS fee, which compensates the benefit that we give them. So we increase their conversions and reduce their returns and thereby enable them to deliver basically the same user experience into which all the massive platforms are developing. So helping the customer to find easier what they like in their own store. On our app, we, we receive a small affiliate fee based on the digital content that we curate so that we enable also fashion customers to search across retailers and not just find the clothing that they love and fit within one store. 
Right. And so, for example, if Dress Life was integrated with a department store, would this be something that's actually on their website, let's say, if I'm shopping it? Or would I have to go through the app to access that department store? No, we, we would actually be on that website. And so you could utilize your Dress Life fashion profile within their stores. We are focusing right now more not so much on department stores websites because they usually have less data about the clothing. Fashion retailers we're speaking right now and with whom we are going to integrate are usually more mono brands because they have all the measurements, the physical parameters about the clothing, and thereby we achieve much better accuracy. But in the long term, once we have a lot more data, we will obviously speak to um, department stores as well. Great. Yeah, it sounds like a smart way of approaching it. So what is the benefit then for these apparel brands? You know, you touched on this earlier about this idea of returns being a big pain point. How are you helping them? Yes, our biggest quantitative benefits for fashion retailers and apparel brands are probably the uplift in terms of conversion and return reduction. The actual amount depends highly on the product set, but it's way more than any classic recommendation engine does because usually all recommendation engines that exist are not fashion specific. And to us, it doesn't make any sense because fashion is one of the biggest markets in the world. And it's one of the very few, if not the only market that has those two unique problems that I spoke about earlier. So way shorter product life cycles and the additional complexity of the human body. And so our engine achieves a way higher uplift in terms of conversion and also reduces returns because it takes those issues into account and achieves a way better result for them. That's the most obvious things. But on the other hand, we also enable fashion retailers to achieve a way better level in terms of data analytics because we provide a totally different level of data transparency. For instance, we can enable demand forecasting on a product parameter level so we can help them improve their product portfolio and tell them they're probably going to sell more of a certain item if they produce it in a different color, cut, price it differently. So we can go very deep in terms of a data prediction and obviously solve those issues that everybody has in fashion in terms of overstock, out of stock, or at least contribute to improving that. So overall, I think our technology or the, the big advantage is to deliver one-to-one personalization. If you read about it, if you read the newsletters and the, the fashion publications, you see it's probably one of the biggest topics right now. And what we want to do with Dress Life is be the best at one-to-one personalization for the fashion segment. And just the result of that is to achieve a conversion uplift, a return reduction, and to be the best at data transparency or data analytics. Because we know that the personalized aspect is huge and it's already been proven to uplift sales by at least 10%. So we know that there's a lot of potential there. So that's very interesting. Right now you're in Germany, but you also have a foot in San Francisco. Can you tell us about your team a little bit? We are a team from tech, fashion, to all kinds of areas. We have we work very closely here in Hanover the University and their AI Institute. We have an advisory board of, from all kinds of segments. We have fashion um, salespeople in New York. We have a investor who is from the manufacturing and produces for several of the biggest fashion retailers. So we cover all kinds of elements and maybe to myself, I worked uh, for more than 10 years for the AEG, so um, the head company of Mercedes, and did my PhD in supply chain management. And that's actually how I ended up in fashion, which is a little bit awkward maybe, because I realized that the fashion supply chain has various disadvantages. I already said in the beginning, you have way higher returns. And then clothing is still produced in batch sizes. So fixed batch sizes on the end of the season, you have a lot of overstock, out of stock 
issues. Then three quarters of the clothing people own is worn less than four times, I read recently, so horrible utilization. And so that is how I ended up in fashion or in retail because I wanted to convert some of the findings of more innovative supply chains to the fashion segment and thereby help to improve those issues. Yeah, and Lord knows this industry needs it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. So we're just about out of time, but I just wanted to ask, how can people follow Dress Life and stay in touch? Yeah, so obviously I would be highly interested if most people downloaded our app and gave us feedback because we are really still trying to get as much feedback as possible and to learn and iterate with every user. We hope we are at a certain level right now that we don't get hundreds of negative feedback, <laughs> but, but when we really deliver a much, much better user experience and please try it out and, and get back to us if you are unsatisfied. And obviously, please also follow us on our social media channels like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and also at dresslove.com. If you're a retailer, you will find every information how you can get in touch with us so we might be able to integrate in your store. Great. Okay. Well, we're going to put the links up on Electric Runway so that our audience can link to you. There are so many different pain points that Dress Life is touching on. So I wish you all the best in your endeavor and thanks for taking the time. Thank you for having me, Amanda. That was my conversation with Julian Hensel, the founder of Dress Life. For more information on the company and to connect with them on social media, I invite you to visit electricrunway.com and click on podcasts. That's where you'll also find all past and future episodes of the show. Tune in next week to hear from Leanne Luce. She's a product manager for Google who just wrote a book on artificial intelligence for the fashion industry. It's a great read and I can't wait to get into it with her. Until then, be sure to follow Electric Runway on Twitter and Instagram. We're at electric underscore runway. You can also follow me personally on Twitter. I'm at Amanda Costco or at electric underscore Amanda on Instagram. So that's it for today's episode. Until next time, folks, here's looking towards the future.